Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the God and Hamilton podcast, where we explore the themes, the spiritual themes from the life of Alexander Hamilton and the Broadway musical he inspired. Today, I'm very excited. We are joined by Jordan Scott Gilbert, who has built a very successful career on Broadway and also in film and television as both an actor and a producer. He became one of the youngest award-winning Broadway producers and performers in Broadway theatrical history, becoming the first ever recipient of the Broadway Producer of the Year Award. He has also worked alongside some of the most successful actors, singers, writers, composers, directors, and producers in the world, and has been the president of his own independent production and casting company. So Jordan, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Love to be here. So will you tell us a little bit, first of all, about yourself and about your journey that ended up in kind of this acting world that you're in? Sure, absolutely. Uh, well, when I was three years old, my parents snuck me in an overcoat into the Broadway production of Les Miserables. Oh, wow. No way. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, I uh, apparently, I do remember a couple scenes from that night, um, believe it or not, but apparently I was singing the songs after the show ended. And since then, I've been hooked. And uh, <laughs> that's really what got me into theater. Uh, huh. Something about Les Miserables caught me. Um, and since then, it's, it's, it's uh, the rest is history, I guess. And you've been acting and producing and doing, I mean, on your website, there's just a number of different um, people and producers and directors that you've been involved in. Um, when you started out, I mean, did you have any idea of the direction your career would take? I know oftentimes... Uh, you're also a person of, of faith and oftentimes our spiritual lives and our, our path that God leads us on, we can't even anticipate until they're happening. And then all these things happen that we don't even expect or realize. Was that kind of your story getting into this world a little bit? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I had no idea. I had no idea I would, I would be a born again Christian either. Cause I grew up in a Jewish family. A, hmm. a cousin of mine was Tevian, the original Broadway cast of Fiddler on the Roof, Herschel Bernardi. Um, and I come from a, a bit of a showbiz family. My dad was a talk show host uh, back a while ago. Um, so I had no idea, but I, I knew that I loved performing. Um, I knew I had a voice. I, I knew, at least in my mind, in my opinion, that I had uh, some talent. Even when I was a little kid, before I really started going uh, and performing on stage, and uh, I had no idea that I would produce or direct or write or anything like that. I wanted to perform. Um, my dad thought I would make a great producer. Huh. I was a big fan of Cameron McIntosh because of Les Miserables. And uh, I, I wanted to follow in his footsteps as a creative producer, um, as I found out uh, later on during uh, the end of my college years. Huh. That's awesome. That's really interesting. It's, it's so fascinating to me to hear people's stories and how God um, just weaves things in and out of people's lives to kind of set them up for, for whatever he has planned for them. So that's, that's really interesting. Um, okay, hey, let's talk about Hamilton a little bit. You have a, a very interesting perspective. You know, a lot of the guests I have on my podcast are authors and writers who are engaging with story and theater, but, but you are, you know, you are, have made a career in the acting world as an actor and as a producer. So when you think about your experience of seeing Hamilton, I'd love to hear just your initial reactions and, and specifically whether or not you encountered God in that specific story, and if so, how? Well, you know, it's interesting because I think God uses everything, um, or he can use everything, rather. And so uh, I'll start, uh, I'll preface it by saying that when I saw Les Mis, the way God used Les Mis with me in particular was uh, showing me law versus grace, hmm. uh, forgiving people no matter what they've done. Uh, those were lessons, even though I wasn't a born-again Christian, I wasn't a Christian at all, like I said, 
that those are those are morals, I should say, that stuck with me uh, for a long time. And though I don't think anyone, including myself, lives up to it 100% of the time, uh, they're definitely uh, things that I strive to be. So with Hamilton, uh, the success that it is, uh, I think that God uses can use a show like that to speak to anyone through the specific situations so, uh, that are in the that are in the player musical. Now, uh, what interests me about Hamilton's uh, life is actually his faith towards the end of his life. Um, according to at least uh, the reverend who was there, I believe when he died, and I believe there's a quote from Hamilton himself, I have a tender reliance on the mercy of the Almighty through the merits of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he mm-hmm. goes on to uh, talk about the intercession of uh, Jesus. Um, I'm paraphrasing, but... Uh, that is that is amazing to me. And there's a lyric, uh, death doesn't discriminate, which I've said before, it certainly doesn't. <laughs> right. And God doesn't either. He's now a respecter of persons. So Alexander Hamilton, just like everybody else, is a sinner. Uh, but uh, what, where, where I take it, as far as the backstory goes, the true story, uh, at least that we know, is that he hopefully uh, came to Christ, uh, became a believer in the death, burial, resurrection, I'm assuming, of Jesus. And uh, that's really how God has spoken to me through, mm. uh, through the man's life um, based upon that, uh, that very successful production. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting too, that his faith really didn't make it into the musical. I mean, there's one or two lines in some songs where he talks about starting to pray again. Um, uh, but really it's, it's certainly not a, a major theme of, of the musical. And yet I think that because he was a man of faith uh, because that was a theme throughout his entire life. It's almost impossible to tell his story without it being a story of faith and of hope and of redemption. And um, Eliza Hamilton, maybe even more so, you look at her life and her faith um, and, and living that on for another 50 years after her husband Alexander was shot and killed and the things that she did with the orphanage and, and really feeling like that was a calling by God. And so it's, it's interesting, this idea that, when, when faith is a part of our lives, it just bleeds out of us. And I think you do see that in Hamilton. Yeah, for sure. And as I also like what you said about um, seeing Les Mis or even maybe performing in Les Mis. And before you even would call yourself a Christian, that these themes stuck with you, forgiveness, grace, uh, law versus grace. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in the idea that every time we engage in a story that God can use that story, whether, whether you are a person of faith or not, that God can use that story to transform you and teach you about life and truth and how to live well. And it sounds like that was certainly your experience uh, before you would call yourself a Christian with, with Les Mis. Yeah, absolutely. I think truth is the number one for me, besides obviously the, the melodic line of the musical score. But uh, I, I was just telling uh, someone this morning, I, you know, we were talking about a show and I was like, I want truth. That yeah. is what reaches me, truth, you know? And it's a, it, it's hard to, Put, put your finger on it in a broad sense, but I think you know when you see it, when something is truthful and it's not, uh, it's not contrived, it's not shallow, it's, it's not, you know, from a, from a uh, kind of a mind control perspective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's truth, it's coming from the soul, so to speak. So. Yeah, yeah, I read an article just recently about Corona and how it's kind of completely thrown a wrench into the theater world, but they're, yeah. they're talking about the question of how do we, how, how is theater going to change on the, on the backside of this? And one of the people was talking about making theater more affordable for everybody and trying to figure out a way because there are these profound moments in, in theater of truth. 
um, that come across the stage and, and intersect with our lives and can transform us. And this person was saying, that should be something that every single person gets to experience, whether they have $200 for Broadway show or whether they don't. That, that's, that is a real gift that the theater offers to the world. And, and um, it's interesting hearing you, you talk about that. So yeah, as, like, as, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Well, like, like Andrew Weber uh, said recently, I, you know, I saw you, you, you know, you can't have theater without people. Uh, you yeah. can't do, I mean, you can film it. Sure. You can, you know, uh, reproduce that, but it's, it's not the same. And uh, so there, to some, to some extent, there does need to, there needs to be people in the audience. <laughs> right. Of course. Of course. So as a person of faith who's really made your career in the theater world, I'm, I'm really intrigued because as I've traveled around and spoken about the book, um, God in Hamilton, uh, around the country, I've had a number of conversations with, with people who are pursuing a career in the theater world, but who have been almost discouraged by their family or by their pastor and who have this paradigm that says, hey, that's not a holy world. That's not a... Um, that's not a, a, a world you want to jump into as a person of faith. What would your response be to, to people who kind of have a negative perspective on the world of theater and almost discouraging people from jumping into that world? Right. Well, the whole world system is unholy. I mean, uh, I, I question myself. I say, well, look, you know, if you weren't in the arts or, you know, I've done other stuff too. Well, if you're, if you're a banker and you're working for, you know, a sleazy boss or a sleazy company or something, or, or if you're, if you're a doctor and not everything is right in the art or whatever. I mean, you could always find sin in anything you do uh, with the arts. Like I tell my students, so much of it is based on opinion as far as from the audience's perspective, that includes casting directors, directors, producers, et cetera. And so I can point to someone and say, I don't like them. Someone else can say, Oh, I love them. And th that adds a, possibly a little bit of danger, although everyone has the right, I believe, to have their own opinion. Um, things can get a, a little muddy in that sense. And of course, on the content end, uh, there is a lot of stuff that I would personally, and I wasn't like this before, but now I would say, I, I don't think I can do. And so it, it can be a muddy industry for, for a believer in a lot of different ways. Um, and, uh, but it goes back to the writing as well. Um, you know, uh, I am, I have written stuff. I am not a writer. I wouldn't categorize or identify as a writer per se, but I, I think that if, if you, if you want to change the productions, then to some extent you have to change the culture of it. And that goes back to the writing, um, whether it's film, TV, theater, uh, or anything. So I, I can't answer that in a broad sense uh, for, for everybody, but uh, for me as a, as a reasonably new believer in the last seven years or so, I know there's been stuff that I just can't do. Um, and uh, so, you know, until God shows me differently, I'll keep going with that. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and, and it was interesting too, um, this idea of changing the writing, changing the shows, changing the material that we're putting out there. One of the things that you're starting to pursue, at least your website makes it look like this is a project you have um, some sense of passion about is, is, is doing that very thing, producing shows that help point toward people towards God and, and talk a little bit more about your vision with that and what that might look like. Again, putting the, all of the chaos of COVID aside for a bit and just assuming we're at some point back in the normal theater world. What, what, what are your dreams and visions for that? 
Sure, absolutely. And I'll speak for the writers out there, if I may humbly. But, you know, every writer, I think, has a perspective. Um, and they have to come from a certain place uh, with, a, with a certain amount of, uh, obviously, storyline. And for me, I, I want to lead people towards, like I was saying, truth. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that the truth is not exclusive only to the scripture, but I believe the scripture is exclusive in that it's, it's where God reveals himself. Um, and what I want to do is, is have those, uh, have not just the morals, but also the gospel, the good news of what Jesus did and point people towards that through the truths of people's lives. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe different stories. I know there was a, a show we were thinking about doing, uh, I know maybe I shouldn't say it now, <laughs> but it's based <laughs> upon a true person's uh, uh, testimony. Um, and uh, I mean, very moving testimony. Uh, they were in the Holocaust and uh, their family died. And I mean, I mean, it's just when talk about truth, when you, when you show stories um, that, uh, that have those depictions of good versus evil, and you can have a chance to show the whole truth, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, that's something that I want to do successfully and not in a corny way, not in right, a, right. Uh, not in a salesman type way. I am not into that at all. Um, I'm into the truth and nothing but the truth, you know, so help me God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we talked to, um, oh man, I'm spacing on his name, but he wrote a musical that, that made it to Broadway about um, the, the man who wrote Amazing Grace, the, the slave trader. Chris Smith. Um, yeah, that's exactly who it was. Thank you. You yeah, get back to me. Chris, you, oh, you know Chris? Yeah. Oh, small world, small world. So, um, but yeah, that was what he was trying to do. I mean, he had this amazing story and, and right. wasn't certainly trying to hide God in, in, in the midst of that production and, and really had an amazing run all the way up to Broadway and then, and then, and then a great run on Broadway. And, and it was so interesting to hear uh, this guy who was coming to his his work and his art and his passion really trying to point people towards god and and it's encouraging when you see that because you see so many stories of of um that can maybe make people think that it that doesn't happen but that then there are a lot of people that do that as well absolutely and he's a very talented writer and uh yeah it, look the the writer gets to you know choose what happens in the show right basically. um so anytime you want to change something or come from a different perspective, you have to go back to the writing. Um, right. And of course that as an extension, if it's a musical, the music and the lyrics. So. Well, tell us about some of the projects you're working on now. I know everything in New York is on pause for the foreseeable future. So what, what kind of projects do you have that you're cranking on right now? Well, I'm narrating a new audio Bible. It's, I believe the newest translation uh, of the Bible that's coming out. So they had just released called the Berean Study Bible by biblehub.com, okay. which is uh, the first or second biggest Christian website, I believe in the world. Huh. And actually it was my favorite website before I started doing this. Uh, I huh. just love the, the way that it's laid out. Um, and so I'm narrating the whole Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. Oh my gosh. And uh, it's been uh, quite a project, quite a blessing. And uh, I'm, I'm very honored that, um, you know, that I'm doing it. And so that should be coming out. I am hoping next year. Uh, I know they have a lot of different plans for it. Um, and uh, very looking, really looking forward uh, to that being released. Uh, I might do an album, which I've been talking about for a while, but possibly with COVID, I might actually get a chance to do yeah. it. And is that uh, an album with your own original music or what would that be? 
I, it would be, uh, it wouldn't be original music, um, not a composer, okay. uh, but uh, it would be covers and it would be a Christian based album. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That and Broadway. So <laughs> cool. That's I love that combination. Yeah. So that's uh, exciting. And of course, I, I, I teach students. I've been teaching for years. Uh, I coach uh, acting coaching, vocal coaching, audition coaching. I've had students on and off Broadway. I've had celebrity clients. And uh, so far, it's been pretty successful. And it's really gotten a chance for me to use my director skills. I was a yeah. casting director for a while. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I've directed too. And I, I really enjoy directing. And I, I think I come, I try to come to, from, uh, with producing from a director's standpoint, uh, creative producer, like I said. And so that's, that's been a blessing in a lot of different ways too, I think. When you're coaching students, I'm kind of curious about that relationship um, with when it comes to your faith and when it comes to how you're trying to invest in these students and obviously help them musically. But is there a part of it as well that's there's just that kind of encouragement and relationship and um, just kind of trying to blow wind into the sails and, and talk, tell us about what that relationship is like? Absolutely. Amazing question. Um, well, I, not all my students are Christian at all. Right. Uh, I coach students uh, all over the industry. Um, but uh, if they are a Christian, there obviously is that uh, camaraderie, so to speak. And there, there is that, um, it, it does take it to a different level. And the, the same questions that you've been asking are, are the questions that Christian actors will ask, uh, will ask me and, w- and we'll talk about it. And I don't know if there's a clear cut answer, you know, Yes, everything is sinful. No, but uh, there definitely is a um, a camaraderie, like I said. And uh, with students who aren't Christian, sometimes we've had a chance to talk about the Lord. And I'm not one who's you know in in people's faces. Uh, I'm very bold with the gospel, but I'm not sitting here uh, going to sleep judging people um, and thinking about them. Uh, maybe I should. I don't know. <laughs> um, I think it's but, good that you're not. I think that's probably good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, everyone is in a different place. And primarily my job is to make sure they do the best specifically audition that they can do. Um, and they give the best performance that they can do. And that is my number one job. And if something's really uncomfortable, I'll tell the student, um, you know, but uh, usually it, it, it's been okay. Yeah. I, and so, I can imagine too that, um, anybody trying to break into that world or even that has broken into that world. Um, I read a, I read an article once that said, if you're trying to make a living in the creative world, you need to be ready for a hundred no's for every one. Yes. And it just was saying, that's just the world you're jumping into. And so learning how to deal with that discouragement, learning how to deal with no learning how to deal with failure. Um, I, I would think that at least comes up from time to time in your relationships with your students and helping them, just kind of keep pressing on even in the midst of all of that difficulty and challenges. One million trillion percent. Yeah. Uh, we, this is something I, 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 when I'm teaching a student, I really try to come from a real world perspective and I try to tell them exactly what I think uh, is not only going on with, with their performance, but also um, how the industry works. And uh, I'm very upfront about that. And I, I, I tell students that, look, it's not about, where I'm coming from when I'm career coaching, it's not about talent. You could be the most talented person, which is still a matter of opinion, most talented person on the face of the earth or the least talented person on the face of the earth. The business is still the business, right? right? There are variables, uh, but it's a business. And um, I think that the focus on it being a business first, as, as far as pursuing it professionally, because it is, I think that really helps my students uh, and I think they discover very fast with a real nice focus on what to do next. Uh, if they're just starting out, I mean, 
uh, which is some of my clients, they, they, they don't know with whether this is for them or not. Yeah. Um, and having nothing to do with talent because one person will love you. One person will hate you. You'll go into an audition and do amazing. You go, you go into audition, do horrible. Oh my God. I have embarrassing stories when I was younger, that auditioning terrible stories. <laughs> and then I would go in and blow them away. And just as a, from a performance perspective. So look, you know, it, it, that's life. Half people are going to vote this way. Half people are going to vote that way. Half people are going to vote that way. You know, you can't change someone's opinion. Yeah. Yeah. How, maybe for one final question, um, for someone who's made a living in this world and who's had a lot of success, but who I, I just can assume you've been told no many, many more times than you've been told yes in your career as well. How, how would you encourage someone to kind of deal with the disappointments and the, uh, the failures that kind of come along with, with people who are trying to live um, or find a career in this world? Well, the number one most important regards, uh, thing with regards to that is that I've learned it doesn't matter what people's opinions are. It really yeah. doesn't. Because yeah. someone else, like I just said, is going to have a totally different opinion. So if you have that as a foundation, then you don't take it personally. When I was younger, I yeah. used to take things so personally as if I'm not as good as this so-and-so or I'm not who's the whatever. You, you have to have confidence in yourself and you have to know that someone is going to think you suck. Sorry for part of my French. And <laughs> someone's going to think you're amazing. Yeah. Every actor on the field, whether it's Meryl Streep or whatever, people are going to think she's bad. People are going to, you know, people are going to think she's great. So um, just picking her out of anybody. But uh, I think when, when you know that, then you can have confidence moving forward. Uh, and knowing the business, because even if you're amazing and you're the right for person for the role, maybe it goes to the person's sister. You don't know. You know. Right, right. Yeah, I love that. I love that idea of not taking people's opinions personally and learning to have that confidence in yourself. And I think that's really great wisdom for anybody that's trying to kind of get into this world. So, well, Jordan, this has been a great conversation. I've been so encouraged by it personally. I always feel like that is a good sign for our listeners. Um, so thank you so much for joining us. Why don't you tell us a little bit about where people can find you online? Absolutely. Uh, well, my website is just my name, jordanscottgilbert.com. But if you're interested in coaching, you can go to broadwayvocalcoaching.com. That's broadwayvocalcoaching.com uh, to put a plug. And uh, you can send me a message on the contact form and I try to respond as fast as I can with, uh, to everybody. Sometimes it's more generic, but uh, if, uh, if you do want coaching, um, it might take a little time, but hopefully I can get back to you. <laughs> yeah, well, and I'd encourage you guys to, to check him out. What a great opportunity to, to learn from someone who's been in the industry and had a lot of success in the industry and who can really kind of help you get to the next level. So that'd be, I'd encourage my listeners to go check him out. So, well, thank you again, Jordan. Thank you everybody for listening. And hopefully this, conversation encouraged you and inspired you as you think about these themes from Alexander Hamilton's life and how we apply them to our faith today. And thank you for listening and we'll see y'all next time.